Michaela Cox is a seven-time published author. That's right, you heard me, seven-time published author. And she joins me on the Power to Pivot podcast to talk with me about her journey overcoming disability and blindness, coming back from her divorce, overcoming the heartbreak and death of her husband and father of her children. Michaela really hopes to teach and inspire others through her work and her most recent book, We the People Are, defining and exploring who we the people are as a people, society, and a nation, is really a framework for a new conversation about the Constitution of the United States. And she's teaching us through her work what the Constitution is really all about. Now, as she's going to share with us on the show, when you know the rules, you can play better by those rules, or more importantly, you can create awareness and new conversations to change those rules. This is important for us, especially as we stand here in the United States today. Uh, We're almost like a new nation in a way. We have a new president now in 2021. We're coming through COVID-19. 2020 was a different kind of year for all of us in the world. So this interview relates whether you're a teacher, educator, leader, parent, no matter where you are, if you're looking for a new way to look at the world, you don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Power to Pivot podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miles, founder of March 4th Media Company. And on this show, we share inspiring stories, resources, tips, fun ideas to help you pivot to new ideas, new goals, and new dreams for your own life. Are you ready? It is time to pivot. Hey guys, it's Liz here from March 4th Media Company. One of the biggest lessons I have ever learned is it is difficult to get what you truly want when you're defining life and your standards by everyone else's definitions. That got me nowhere. I spent so much time, effort, and energy looking around me for answers that I forgot that I had everything I needed right inside of me. What I did lack was a guide to find my way to those answers. And that is exactly what I'm offering you in my new workbook, Connect You, A Guide to Your Authentic Life. This is a workbook that I have written to provide you with a roadmap to connect you with the innermost pieces that make you unique, authentic, and amazing, helping you to tap into the power and possibility within you. It's filled with lessons, activities, content, meditations that are going to guide you to help you learn how to honor your own definitions of success, set boundaries and goals that feel really good to you, and understand your intuition and how to trust it. Take the trip. Connect You, a guide to your authentic life is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or reach out to me online on Instagram, Facebook, or over at marchforthmediacompany.com to grab your your copy. Joining me on another episode of the Power to Pivot podcast. I am so excited, delighted, and grateful to share today's guest with you. I'm here with Michaela Cox. How are you, Michaela? Good. How are you? I'm glad to be here. Thanks I for having am, me. I am doing well. And, and I hope this is okay to share with everybody. Guys, she showed up. She is on like full on road trip today and she <laughs> right. still came. She's still joining us here today on the podcast. Um, Making it work. Kidding, doing what you got to do. Absolutely. Getting it done. Juggling <laughs> and balancing. Yep. So uh, thank you very much. Um, hopefully traffic, you're not the one driving. 
It's important to say oh, that. No, honey. <laughs> no, no, that don't work. <laughs> no podcast interviews and driving uh, yeah. at the same time. But I do appreciate that you're still here with us. Um, so tell me, and and listeners, tell us about your message. Tell us about Michaela. Okay. Well, I'm now a seven-time published author. The new book will be out on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, actually on Amazon right now, but I'm officially launching on Tuesday. Um, I have an interesting story that has allowed, that has had to help me develop to pivot a lot and just adjust. Um, I call it my 38 triple D. That is not my undergarment size. So if there's any guys out there, don't get excited, except maybe when pregnant. Um, <laughs> it means probably something you wouldn't suspect by the sound of it. It means the three D's was representing, um, three situations in my life. The first one was disability. I was born totally blind. Um, but I've been legally blind for most of my life. And I don't know the background of your, your background or your audience, but for mine, I'm a woman of faith and was raised in a Christian household. And we believe at seven months old that God granted me my sight although impaired but i still went from total darkness to seeing so a miracle nonetheless and i do struggle with the le- i've had the legal blindness or visual impairment i've never taken a breath or had a day of life where i wasn't or that i won't be it's permanent there's no fixing it and so that's been a whole thing I've, you know worked really hard to overcome and get around it and think outside the box and develop all these things of what i had to do to accomplish you know high school and college graduation and master's with honors and all that stuff you know it's not been easy but I'll get to I'll explain later how I think I've been able to do that but I want to explain the other two D's first the second D was divorced by the age of 26 from a very interesting first marriage <laughs> they're exes for a reason yeah, um, true. <laughs> <laughs> right and then um after I got divorced in 05, um, I, met, I met an amazing man and he became the love of my life. And we were together for two years dating and then we got married in 07. And then unfortunately in um, 2017, he uh, passed away. So I was at 38, legally blind, been divorced and now a widow after suffering the loss of my beloved husband and my children's father. So death at you know, triple D, 38 triple D. Oh my gosh. Wow. And solo motherhood too. So. All right. So that some quite a lot you've had to deal with in a short period of time. Uh, How did all of that fuel your writing? Well, I get, that's what I think I love about having a creative, when people are creative and have creative minds, you can really take inspiration from anywhere or anything, you know, it just, it pops into your head. Sometimes you want it to, and sometimes you're like, really? That's okay. It's coming whether you want it or not. It's just the way it goes. Um, I've always written. I remember writing at a very young age. I don't ever remember not writing. I mean, I was writing poetry in fourth grade. I wrote an editorial in second grade. I know I was weird. I mean, what kid thinks to write an editorial to a local newspaper and never mind you it on politics, go figure. Uh, but you know what can I say now obviously I didn't write back then what I do now but writing has always been a part of my life it's what I do it's who I am I can't not not write if I'm not writing I'm thinking about it so you know it's it is what it is Mm -hmm. um 
but no, as far as my stuff that I've been publishing that we'll probably be talking about today, um, I take it from my passions and things that really interest me and fuel my creativity. Like I have a book that comes from my uh, journey through faith and we can talk about that in a little bit if you want. And then I have ones on my motherhood that I got, of course, once becoming a mom, got my inspiration from that journey, you know, being a mom and having kids. And then um, politics. Uh, yes, I've always had a love for America. And when I say politics, I don't necessarily mean the different sides of the aisle. I just mean the way our country is supposed to be of we the people. And that's actually what my next one is entitled coming out on Tuesday. So. Nice. Well, hey, congratulations on the Thank one up-and-coming book. Tell us about your, uh, I want to hear about your titles. Uh, want to make sure we tell everyone where they can buy them. Um, what was the name of your first book? Uh, that was actually Heartfelt Meditations back in 2011. And I had picked it that one for years because when I'm in school, because of my vision, I don't have time really to do much anything else. So it takes me forever. <laughs> so, um, so it took me a while to write it, but it was a collection of poetry inspired by favorite scriptures or cherished scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so I started that in like eighth or ninth grade and I finally finished it in 04 and finally got it out in 2011. Now all the other books that we'll be talking about, um, I did since 2019 and every single one of these books we'll be talking about are in fact on Amazon. So the next book was called Take a Sip, Take a Breath and Go, A Journey Through Motherhood. That came out, I believe, September, October of 2019. And that came from literally just when I was a first time mom and when I gave birth to my daughter in 2010 and what it was like to start that journey of motherhood. I was living in New Hampshire at the time, 26 hours away from most of all my girlfriends and friends and you know whatnot. So all I had was really my thoughts about what it was like to go through this journey and figure out, you know, oh my gosh, what is all this about? And I'm a mom now and I have a, a baby girl to take care of and how your body changes and your emotions and hormones, you know, all that jazz that goes with it. If, you know, there's moms in the audience, you know, are probably nodding y'all's heads. Um, and then I thought, well, half the population is women. So half the population at some point is trying to have kids. So I'm not the only one that's probably thinking or feeling these things. So why not write it down and share it with them because we're all going through it together right mm -hmm, this is true so i did that one and that's my motherhood series i hope to do book two and three this fall that are already written i did a companion book to it i believe it was april of 2020 yeah and what i did was is basically i took the questions that i proposed in the first book and made it where moms who may want to choose to go through their own journey and reflect upon it and find out what it is for them, you know? Mm -hmm. I love it. I think there's a lot that, I mean, I have kids myself. Being a mom is not uh, not an easy job for sure. Yeah. Um, and the I best think job, but not the easiest always. It can, some days yes and some days no. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's always, there's always something to learn. I think it's important that we come together as women, we can come together as mothers, and celebrate and share those stories because absolutely it's you know it's funny because now as my kids are now older teens and early adults um and i think about all that i've learned and how i've changed through be through motherhood um right. 
and I, I am still to this point with all the things that we've gone through as, as a family and, and with my kids, I'm always amazed and, and in, there's that moment when I get to share a story or that moment with another mom and I, and it's, it doesn't matter if I've gone through it or not, I can still have like put myself in that place with them. And it, yes. you know, there's almost like, um, an instant bond that forms because of that. Um, and it's powerful. I think that to be able to share your experience as a mom and, and share that story with others, it can be so helpful for them and, and so powerful for them to get that message and know that they're not alone. I agree. We're doing it together. And it does form a bond because you're sharing commonality and common experiences, you know, that's common to a lot of people, you know. Mm -hmm. How did you, um, so, okay, so we have motherhood, we have the companion book. What is, what is the title again of the book that's coming out this week? Uh, we the people are question mark is what it says in the title. And it's, um, the subtitle is defining and exploring who we the people are as a nation, as a people, society and nation. Ooh, that's deep. Like, how did that come about? And there's well, like a lot said, that you can unpack there. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I love politics, and that's actually what I got my master's in. Um, in 2016, I got my MA in political science and American government, and then grad certificate in ancient classical history. No, I can't just do one thing. You should hear what I did in undergraduate. Hey, it's okay. Um, Neither can I. I, I uh, yeah. psychology, business, and then I threw a baking and pastry degree in there, and it, I understand. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, somewhere I, I think I love your breakfasts in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah. We have fun cinnamon rolls, you know, come Ooh, the holidays. It's really uh, nice. interesting. Um, but you know, I appreciate that you, uh, you know, went back and, and, and it's, it's a testament to the power of that pivot. It's not like you were keeping yourself in a bucket with what you started with and you were willing to open up your mind to something new and so much so that you got a degree about it. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it was supposed to have happened in undergraduate, but I had to leave something else. So I thought when I go to grad school, I might as well do what I didn't get to do in undergraduate because in undergraduate, I was shuffling between, do I do three minors? Do I do a major, three minors, two minors? three majors, two majors, like, oh, forget it. I need to do one. Ma I, couldn't. I was like, ah. I ended up with a BA in sociology with a double minor in English and history. So, you know, something had to give. There you go. <laughs> so tell us about the book and what we can expect with it. This is like, a, this is a conversation to have, you know, in this country right now about oh, yes, we the definitely. people. So tell us, give us a little bit of a, a preview. Well, I will say this, um, hold on a second, getting a step. Um, I am personally a conservative, but more importantly above that, I will always be first and foremost, a constitutionalist. I will always go back to the constitution. This is my deal. And this, as far as related to politics, as far as what I would tell people, if you wanna play the game, you gotta know the rules. If you don't know the rules, you can't play the game. And that's true of any game in life. I mean, you wouldn't be on a basketball court or a football field or a soccer field if you didn't know how to play the, the game by the rules, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't care personally if someone who we're speaking to may agree or disagree with the rules or agree with what I say. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is related to politics is we as the people need to understand what our country is about because it is ours to protect and defend. And if we don't know what we have, we will lose it as we the people because what has forgotten 
or is oftentimes forgotten is that this country is we the people's country and it is up to us to defend it and protect it and keep it and if we don't know the rules we can't do that and even if we don't like the rules we still have to know the rules before we can go change them mm-hmm. so i want people to be educated and informed what would you so say that they can be an informed educated member of we the people that they're supposed to be i love it I, so tell me what would you say um give us you know really quick like the two two top rules that you would say are not educated enough on um or even one let's just pick one because we could probably talk for hours about every single one but oh yeah what would be the starting point if if you're going to educate someone about the rules and and i like the fact that you're not saying you have to agree with them you're just telling people you need to know about them like exactly. if you want, if you're going to sit back, I think there's something to be said about this, because if you're going to sit back and you're going to complain about them, at least know what you're complaining about. And then that new conversation exactly. can happen that you're making change with. But until you know that and educate yourself, there's not really, you're powerless at that point. So, right. And that's how we, the people get stripped of our power because we don't even know what it is that we're supposed to be protecting. Right. So tell, where do we start? And then we're what, no longer we, the people. Right, we're gonna be taken from us. Exactly, we have like somebody telling us what to do, and and then the whole concept of how we should be or you know could be is stunted. Where do we get started? Like, what's one of the top rules that you would say we need to? If you want to be truly educated about how this country works, go back to the Constitution. That's the whole. And, and that's why the first three words of the Constitution of the preamble is, in fact, we the people, because it's ours. Mm-hmm. And so you got to start there. And then anything that relates to that, studying our history, studying what the forefathers had to say, because they're the ones that created it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they would be happy with what they see today? How, where do you think we went off course or, or are we on course? I think there's parts they would be happy with, and I think there's parts they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, what's creates probably one of the biggest messes in our country is the whole idea of political parties. You will not find the, the phrase, two words of political parties in that constitution. They were not in favor of it. As a matter of fact, you could argue it's unconstitutional in the sense that it's not in the constitution. I mean, George Washington, I'm not sure where, I wanna say his farewell address even warned against it. He did not want to see that happen in America because it, he knew it would divide. And what do we have? That's how you get partisan politics. And that's how you get the Democrats versus the Republicans and all the, the, the crap show that we have on D.C. and Capitol Hill, which is a whole, whole nother, other part of the discussion. And, and that's not what I'm really trying to get at. But that's probably one of the biggest problems is how we've gone through that history, because it wasn't um, within uh 1789 it was within what four years we had party system in america and they ratified the constitution i think in 91 of 1791 which was like you know not whatever it was a very short lived that where we didn't have political parties in this country Mm -hmm. where do you how do we get away from that i mean it's something that's been ingrained ingrained in our country for so long i don't think Um, you can where's the middle ground or is there well it probably i mean i don't know in politics per se but you have that expression of everything in moderation so i mean maybe moderate but 
the whole reason, part of the reason why we do have political parties is because people are so staunch as they should be and fundamentalistly and a lot of times grounded. Not that I disagree with that because I'm very grounded in my own beliefs and ideologies and you know philosophical uh, uh, positions or points of views. But that's why you have a political party. People tend to gather birds of a feather so they collect over this idea of what they want to see happen. So even though it was not advisable and discouraged from our forefathers' point of view, I'm not surprised that we would end up having political parties because that's kind of human nature. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it was inevitable if you ask me, but at the same time, they have good points and bad points and maybe depending on your point of view of the mess we have in our country, more bad points than not at this point. But I don't think you're ever going to be able to go back to without. It's been around too long. It's too ingrained, like you said. And it's just the way, the reason and how they form is human nature. Mm -hmm. I I think it's interesting. It's a testament to, like you said, human nature. And, um, you know, good or bad, this is what we have. It's ours to fix, though. I think we could either sit back and just do nothing. I do think that it would be better um, if our political party system was structured differently instead of over Republican or Democrat or independent, well, not independent, but third party type thing. If it was more around a conservative versus liberal point of view, I think that would be more accurate, mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. Mm -hmm. I, that's just my humble opinion. I think it would be more accurate. Well, I better think, representation. I think about how long it took for us to get to this point, and I think that if the change is going to happen, it's not something that's going to be instant. It's going to take time. Yeah. It's it's like you know, grassroots, like very it, you you have to open people's hearts first to the concept about change and and giving that vision for what it could be, and you know that's something that's not easy. It's not. You know, to open hearts and minds takes time. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so, but that's not to say that we don't start that conversation now and and go, hey, like, and and honestly, that's a lot of what we we talk and share about here and and with March Fourth Media. Um, one of our core beliefs is the fact that we can take these new conversations to really create positive change in the world, and it's not about necessarily having all the answers right now but it's about willing to go to that place that may be a little uncomfortable or uncertain and but but we're gonna get through it and we're gonna hash this out and have this new we're gonna ask new questions we're gonna kind of dissect it from a new way so i'm i'm excited that this book comes out where can people purchase the book amazon oh, amazon on your website or, or just amazon no, Amazon, I mean, you. on my website, there's links to it, but you can get it on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon. I think you bring a good point. People are comfortable, and that's the problem. We like our comfort zone too much because it's too daggum hard. Mm -hmm. I think there's the concept, you know, when you talk, talk about it, you know, we could get up off the boulder, but we think it is hard, and it doesn't have to be. Um if we just open our minds and and allow that pivot to happen we don't know what the problem is i think we don't know what's on the other side when we do make the pivot um 
well that's how this country got started they didn't know how it was going to end up they knew what they had but they took that jump and they took that leap and they were willing to try yeah had they not done that we wouldn't be here having this conversation about a country that ended up not existing because they didn't want to do it yep no it's a, a good point that's how it got started these people saw the need and that it was the time for this radical change and and they were ready and willing to be the 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 founders the leaders of that um so i'm i'm really excited for the book i appreciate that you you saw that possibility and were like i'm not letting anything stop me we're we're gonna we're doing this well i've done it my whole life i mean being like i said being born with a disability you end up having a choice you're either gonna let it stop you or you're not and then once you choose not to let it stop you you have to go forward of saying to heck with it you know i'm gonna do it just to prove someone wrong i'm not gonna quit (laughs) and i'm not gonna stop right no matter what it takes and you're just gonna do it and get the job done and do what you have to do and even if that requires thinking outside of the box in a lot of ways you know no i think that's a good point you know the the you're gonna do it even if it starts with you know i'm gonna prove somebody wrong what if you, you never know where that's going to take you. <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily like to, to do everything just because somebody else told me I could or couldn't. But I will say that there, you know, if it starts with that, if, if that's what it's going to take to get you angry enough to go, yeah, I I'm have motivated. to change this. Okay. Yeah. We can turn that around. <laughs> um, at least you're willing to go on this exploration and figure it out. Um, Tell me, what is your secret to writing? I mean, seven books is not anything like to sneeze about. Like seven books take time. It's it's effort and energy. How do you get yourself in the chair to go, I have to write this um, on days when you don't feel like it? And then, you know, in terms of your process, take us through it. Okay. Well, you think seven books are awesome? Well, you should see the list of my books I have left to write. I have a hard drive full of outlines that I'm slowly chipping away at you blow your mind um but yeah I appreciate it um it's a process and you can't look at the whole I mean okay there's two thoughts of processes of writers and this is more of not always divided by fiction or nonfiction. some people are let's just start writing and see where it takes me to that you seem to, to see more of that in fiction or you have like me I'm a planner like I don't have to have it completely known, but I need to have some vague outline of where I'm headed so I know where to start. And then if it changes, then so be it. But I have to start somewhere. So I'll get my idea in my head and I'll get my outline together. And then um, my kids are older now. uh, So I have a lot more time when they're in school because they're seven and ten. So Monday through Friday, after I get them on the bus during school and I do my morning routine, I get up about 9, 930. I'm on my keyboard doing my one or two chapters or three chapters a day until my eyes get tired and then I'll take a break and do something else that I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you handle- It's just the discipline, you know, and being dedicated to it and how... understanding your why and feeling compelled because that's what it is for me. I feel compelled. Do you ever get writer's block? Yes. And for me, when I do that, I usually take a step back, take a break, I'll usually go work out or I'll go take a shower because for some reason those really clear my head really well. Mm-hmm. And then I'll stop and, and then allow it to flow back into my head and I usually can figure out where to go from there. Mm-hmm. But everyone has their own system for that. That's just what works for me. Yeah, I, for me, I usually end up 
Well, for me, I can't, I can plan to a point and then it's like, if I've planned too much, there's resistance there. Right. You know, if I schedule that time to sit down and write, it just doesn't really happen. You know, that's where my resistance kicks in. I have to go to the gym. I know I have to stay grounded and like very much present in my body and my energy to know the days and times and and this is a good time for me that I have tons of notes on my phone I have tons of notebooks with like okay you know this is what's to come this book you know when I was writing my second book I kind of the third kind of overlapped with it sort of like it's not like they were yep. being written conclusively or at the same yeah. time it's more like that happens to me I'll be writing one and a matter of fact that what happened with my second religious one I was realizing one of the chapters could be a book in of itself I'm like oh crap I haven't finished this one yet I've already got another one okay fine you know, right and then <laughs> you just kind of spiral like it's just cute I think it's great though that you're so open to that creativity and one of the things that highlights the power to pivot in terms of your work is you are not set in one topic you are not you know and i think there's something to be said about that and having that open mind and open heart to you're going to create as you feel you have something to contribute um that's going to better other people's lives uh and that's there's so much power there um you know you've pivoted from talking about motherhood to politics like and and there's some you could definitely dial down and and figure out the ways that they weave and overlap and why they're important together but ultimately you're not kind of pigeonholing yourself in one place i have four series right now that this is very much this year right now 2021 is very much about sequels except for one that i'll be doing next after i finish the second religious one um It'll be my last series as of now that, you know, until my brain gives me something else, which is highly possible. But as of now, it's five series, the one on motherhood, um, the one on religion, the one on politics. And then I did one for my kids, but it's also kind of be parenting. That one's called uh, Before the Clock Strikes Midnight. And then this next, the last one I have to start as far as where I'm at in my head right now on plans, which, which can change, pivot is the one that's going to be about my own life story is going to be called now i see so i'm going to be starting that one probably in april amazing and that'll give me five series to work with that like i said now that i've established most of those foundations it's just going back and and doing all the ideas that follow in the series so Mm -hmm. how has and i hope it's okay to ask this and if no totally fine um open book the blindness how has being blind and growing up in this world blind impacted you and that's kind of a huge question i know it's challenging it, um i mean um i can't drive so that's one thing but growing up i always had to find ways of getting around my disability in school like i always had the accommodations like i was the kid in the first of the classroom and i was the you know i usually had some type of technology i've been doing audiobooks since like fifth grade except in college when i had to have readers because the professors wanted further advanced than what the recorders could keep up with. Um, I did grad school work all on audiobooks. Um, I always had extended time for assignments and test taking. I mean, the, 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 the sorry, 
the ACT took me 10 to 12 hours instead of the usual four hours that most people take it in, which, oh my gosh, that was horrid. I only did it twice. I'm like, no, I'm good. I've already gotten into college. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I'm done. But so there was different things like that. I had bifocals and trifocals in second and third grade. You know, I did face some social issues and struggled with that because of it. But, you know, like I said, you make the choice to strive to do your best and don't stop and don't quit and reach goals regardless and do what you got to do. What, was there a moment for you where that you can look back on and go, that was the point where I was like, I'm not going to let this hold me back. Or were you just always that person that's like, well, screw this. Like, I'm, I, this isn't going to define me. I think I was always that person. Um, now in my adult life with the um, divorce and loss of my husband, that was a little bit different, but that I think has always been part of me. Cause like I said, I've always had this disability. It's not like when someone was normal per se, and then all of a sudden got disabled and they had to kind of develop it, you know, all of a sudden out of the blue per se. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been this way. And I was raised um, with the idea of you do what you do, do the best you can. You try your best, you don't quit, you don't give up and you see where it takes you. So powerful. What would you say to people that are going through, whether it be blindness, any kind of disability or what they perceive as a limitation, what is the one thing that you would say to them? Well, it's not one, it's four, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking about a lot lately, these four things. First of all, ooh, sorry, bumpy road. Um, it is a choice. And what I mean by that is life is a choice in the sense that you may not choose your circumstances. Like I didn't choose to be born this way. I didn't choose to have a crappy first marriage. Now I chose to walk away, but I didn't choose the circumstances that caused it to end in divorce. I didn't choose to lose my husband and the father of my children. But what I can choose is what I do with those. That's what I have control over. And that's what I have responsibility over. Think of it like this when you're playing poker or some other card game, you're not choosing the cards you're dealt to play that game but you get to choose that card in your hand when you play it strategically to reach the end goal of hopefully winning that card game. Or if you're an artist, you're hired for a job. You may have certain materials that you like a lot, but they say, no, you're going to use these and they're not your favorite, but you have to use them. So even though you may not like what you were given to use, you still get to choose how and what you create beautifully on those materials. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I choose not to be defined by my disability or that I didn't give up after having one bad first marriage or I still have to live a good life for me and my kids now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing. And then while this one may be, and I'm not saying those choices aren't hard. I'm not discounting that. There's some struggles I haven't lived through and just like some people haven't lived through the ones I've lived through. And I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying it's challenging. I'm not saying that we don't want to choose them sometimes. I'm just saying at the end of the day, it still comes down to a choice. Mm -hmm. And we have to make it one way or the other. The second thing, and I find this a little bit more challenging for even for me, although I try my best. And some days I'm on the end of the spectrum. So some days I'm the, you know what, this is all right spectrum side of it. It's mindset. It's that expression mind over manner. Because if we really put our mind to it, we can do anything. And it's our mindset, whether positive or negative or healthy or toxic or whatever, positive, negative, good, bad, can help you stay focused and centered and balanced to be able to keep true to the choices you wanted to make 
to reach your end game. Mm -hmm. And we may have certain feelings or thoughts that we need to process, but once we process them, we get to choose, do we want to stay in those emotions and feelings or choose to think differently and have a different point of view and try what we need to have to keep us on track, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. And then the third one that I think is really hard for all right, guys, that was author Michaela Cox. And unfortunately, as we had mentioned at the beginning of the show, Michaela was in the car on a road trip. Um, so we did get cut off. We lost connection. Michaela is going to come back and join us for another episode of the show in a couple of weeks. And I am grateful to her for joining us today and sharing about her journey with us. Head on over to Amazon.com and check out We the People Are, defining and exploring who we the people are as a people, a society, and a nation as well as all of Michaela's other books. And let's continue the conversation over on social media. What is your biggest takeaway from the episode? You can find us over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on our homepage, march4thmediacompany.com. We would love to hear from you. I can't wait until the next episode. Remember, you guys, you are never stuck, you are never lost, and you are never alone. At any given moment, you can use your own power to pivot, which is to make a new choice and start again. And with that, I will see you on the next episode. Take care.